Man, what a, what a powerful passage this is, right? What an what a also popular passage this is. I, I met with someone at the hospital uh, last week, and I was praying with them, and I went to Psalm 23, and she kind of smirked. And, and then after we, you know, I did my whole pastoral thing, I read through it, I prayed for her. She said, hey, you know I have that tattooed on my back, right? <laughs> Not kidding. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, awesome. This is such a popular passage that even people are having it tattooed on their back but here's what happens with popular passages of Scripture is that usually over time they become so well-known, they, be, they be, become used in so many even secular contexts that it starts to lose its meaning. We start to miss what, what the wisdom is about this passage. We start to miss what God is trying to tell us through his word here in Psalm 23. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Hopefully we can rediscover what God is trying to tell us, the wisdom that he wants us to understand through Psalm 23. Uh, in college, I was a PE major with a coaching minor, and uh, I was never meant to be a pastor. This was God's plan for me, not mine. And uh, I had a, the basketball coach was one of my professors. And, you know, in college, you're trying to impress, so I would try to go to the weight room enough to, to look okay. And, um, but every time I went to the weight room, which was sporadically, um, Coach Elders was always there. And he was always there on the elliptical. One of those things, he, he was older, so he couldn't run. And you know the elliptical thing that looks like you're skiing or whatnot? He was on that every single time I went, there, went in there. Every time. No matter what happened, no matter what time of day I went in, there's coach on the ellipticals. And so finally I said, coach, why, when did this become your hobby? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me with the most just intense glare. And he said, this isn't a hobby. This is my lifestyle. He said, I don't do this because it's just when I have time or just some flippant thing in my life. He says, this is part of my lifestyle. It's ingrained into who I am. You see, Psalm 23 is a passage in which sometimes we use it kind of like a hobby where we apply it when we, when we want or when it seems fitting in our lives. But really, when David wrote Psalm 23, he wrote it not to be a hobby. He wrote it to be a lifestyle. He wrote it to be ingrained into our hearts so, so that no matter what we were going through in life, we had wisdom to rely on. We had wisdom to look back on. We had wisdom to repeat in our lives. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at Psalm 23, and we're going to rediscover what David was trying to communicate with us. And, and as we look at Psalm 23, we're going to see this right here. We're going, to, we're going to understand, and this is going to help us navigate life as well. We're going to see that we must recognize our status so that we can rely on the provision, protection, and service of God. Those two words are very important. Recognize and rely. Recognize our status so that we can rely on our shepherd. And so David begins with this statement, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm just going to take a moment to pause here for a second because these are some weighty words for us today. These words are heavy words. This is a heavy statement, so I don't want to blow past this too fast. The Lord is my shepherd. 
he begins with this statement. These are not just some flippant words that he is throwing out. You see, what David is doing here is he's recognizing his status in life. When he says that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, God, you are my shepherd, but that means I am your sheep. I am your sheep. These words would resonate in David's heart because David himself was a shepherd in life. He was legitimately a shepherd. That's actually where we meet him in the book of Samuel when we meet David. Just to give you a little background, when we, when we meet David, um, God has rejected Saul as king of Israel. And God says to Samuel, he says, go to the house of Jesse and um, you're going to find the next king there. And so Samuel heads to the house of Jesse, and he gets there, and he sees all these brothers who are buff, burly dudes. And, and Samuel's like, yeah, one of you's got to be the king. But then God says, wait a minute. I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. And sure enough, those buff, burly brothers, none of them were king. And then we read this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 11. Samuel looks at Jesse and he says, are all your sons here? Because none of them were chosen to be king. And Jesse said, yeah, there remains yet the youngest. But he's just a kid. He's keeping the sheep. He's keeping the sheep. You see, David was a shepherd himself. And so when he pens these words, the Lord is my shepherd, it's as if he's recalling the memories of sitting under those sprawling trees, watching over his sheep, intending to his sheep their cares, their, their necessities. It's as if he's recalling those times where he had to go to the greatest lengths for his sheep. You see, in that moment, David realized he was humble enough to realize that he was God's sheep. He was humble enough to realize that he, was, uh, that he was comparing himself to a creature that is weak and defenseless and foolish. He was humble enough to compare himself to a creature that needs someone to lead them, someone to defend them, someone to serve them. You see, David understood. He knew what it took to be a shepherd, the care it took, the love it took, but he also understood how much sheep absolutely love their shepherd. You see, those five words, the Lord is my shepherd, are weighty words. And did you guys know that David was actually a rock star shepherd? Like if you classified him as, uh, if we would go and classify the shepherds in Scripture, he would probably be number two behind Jesus would be David. He was a rock star shepherd. Uh, a lot of us know the story of David and Goliath, right? Where David goes and he takes the sling, slings it round and round, and he hits Goliath and he kills Goliath. But what a lot of us don't understand is the conversation that happens before David actually kills Goliath. You see, David was only there to bring food to his brothers. Remember, his buff, burly brothers who didn't have the courage enough to go fight Goliath. And David shows up and he says, how come no one's fighting this guy? And they said, have you seen him? And David says, I'll fight him. And they all said, you're a boy. You can't fight him. And so he says, I'm going to fight him. Let me go talk to King Saul. So he goes and he talks to King Saul and he says, Saul, I'll fight him. 
I'll take him out. I've got on my side. I'll take him out. And Saul says, you're a boy. You can't do it. And then David goes on to say these words. He says, you know what? I can fight him, and here's why. Because when I was a shepherd, when I am out in the field with my sheep and a bear comes in and takes one of my sheep, guess what I do, Saul? I go after that bear, and I kill it. And I bring that sheep back. Even if it means killing that bear with my bare hands. And when a lion comes in and and takes one of my sheep, guess what? I go after that lion and I kill it to to retrieve that sheep back. And Saul says, all right, you can go fight Goliath. David was a rock star shepherd and he would go to any length for his sheep. And so when we read Psalm 23 with this idea that God is our shepherd, David is envisioning a shepherd who would go to the greatest of lengths for his sheep. Not to a shepherd like me, because if a bear came in to, if I was a shepherd, I would be fired very fast. Because if a bear came in, I would say, have at him, man. If a lion came in, I would, you can have them all, all right? David's envisioning, he's picturing When he says those words, the Lord is my shepherd, he's envisioning a shepherd who would go to the greatest of lengths to do whatever's necessary for that sheep. You see, David is envisioning God as his shepherd, but he's recognizing his status in the moment. It's imperative that we recognize our status in life. It's imperative that we recognize our status. We are not the shepherd of our own lives. We are the sheep when it comes to us and God. A few things we need to know about sheep. First, sheep are dependent. We are dependent. We are dependent creatures on our God. Domesticated sheep are fully dependent on their shepherd, and and David actually goes down and says that. He says these phrases. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to these green pastures and makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters and in paths of righteousness. He restores my soul. What David is saying here is saying without the shepherd, there's probably no green pastures. Without the shepherd, there's probably no still waters. There's no rest or there's no restoration. We can try on our own. We may find those things from time to time on our own. But what David is saying here, he's saying, listen, we are dependent on our shepherd for these things, for our necessities of life, physically and spiritually. We are dependent. We can try to get there on our own, but it's not going to happen. We're going to fail. Not only are we dependent, but we are also property. And I know that is super weird to hear, and it's really weird to say, but we are. We are property. As sheep, we are property. In David's time, uh, sheep were property. They still are. And in David, in, in that first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, he says the Lord is my. He's bringing this idea of intimacy with God. He's saying he's my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord may be my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd as everybody's, which he is in a sense. But he goes more intimately and he says the Lord is mine. Or in other words, he's saying I am his. I'm his. He owns me. 
He created me. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Psalm 103. We are his. He made us. We're the sheep of his pasture. Peter even says it in the, first, in the New Testament, in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, but you, but you who have faith in Jesus Christ, you who are following Jesus in your life, are not like the world anymore. You've been set apart. You've been made new. He says, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. And Peter goes on to say, God's very own possession. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, he purchased us from the enemy. He saved us from the enemy. He purchased us and he looks at us now and Jesus says, you're mine. I purchased you with my blood. You're mine. You're, you're part of my flock now. And I get to be your shepherd. I get to lead you. I get to protect you. I get to serve you. You're mine. You see, two things we need to understand in life. First, We were created to depend on our creator, not ourselves. How hard is that for us in our lives? We were created to depend on our creator, not ourselves. And secondly, we were created for our creator, not ourselves. You see, Adam and Eve, they failed to recognize this. In Genesis 2, One and two, God created everything and it was good. God created mankind in his image so that he could relate with them, so that he could love them, so that he could relate with them differently than every other aspect of creation. And God said, here, listen, I want to commune with you. I want to have this perfect peace with you. All you have to do is don't eat from that tree. And the tempter comes in, and then you know what he does to put it in the context of what we're talking about today? He basically says, he says, listen, God just doesn't want you to be the shepherd. But if you eat of that tree, then you get to be the shepherd of your own lives. And Adam and Eve said, that makes sense. And they ate of it, and they disobeyed God. And since then, guess what we've been trying to do? We've been trying to set ourselves up as the shepherd. We've been trying to live lives individual from God, separate from God in our lives. And we try to walk this life, we try to go in this life without any shepherd. But let me ask you, how has that gone for you? We need to recognize our status as sheep in the fold of God. And be okay with it. A lot of us will agree with that first part. You're like, yeah, this is great. Yes, we are sheep and God's our shepherd. This sounds amazing. But are you okay with it? That's the hard part. That's the part where our pride gets in the way. Our sin gets in the way. And all of a sudden we're like, yes, we recognize this. I understand that. But God, today I'm not okay with it. I'm going to try to do it myself. I'll be the first to admit that I do that. We need to be okay with it. Because when we're okay with it, once we recognize our status as sheep, then and only then can we rely on our shepherd. Because let me tell you, if you don't recognize that God is your shepherd or the Lord is your shepherd, you're never going to rely on him as your shepherd. 
If you don't recognize that your sheep in the midst of his fold, you're never going to rely on him as your shepherd. And so the Lord is my shepherd. And the rest of Psalm 23 is all about how our shepherd provides for us, protects us, and serves us. And so let's look at this a little bit first. Um, first, our shepherd provides. He provides. Um, I love this part. Verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And it says, I shall not want. I'll be the first to admit that that doesn't make sense to me. Growing up, I always heard that. I'm like, what? Is that, what does that mean? I shall not want like a pizza or something? What does that mean? But I love how the NLT, which what we use here, states it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. David says, Lord, you are the shepherd. I am your sheep. And then he says, through you, because of you, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. You see, David's saying, I don't need anything anymore because I have everything that I need. You know what happens the moment we start to lead ourselves, the moment we start to be the shepherd of our own lives? You know what is the first thing that takes root in our heart? Discontentment. Or this idea of wanting more. We start to lead ourselves, we start to stray away from our shepherd, and it usually causes us to want. But yet David's over here saying, Lord, you're my shepherd, I'm your sheep, and when that happens, when I recognize my status and I understand that you are my good shepherd, it leads to contentment. I have all that I need. Our shepherd provides. He provides for us not only what we need, but, but we go on to see this. What do sheep need? First, sheep need food. And we see that in the, the first three verses, green pastures. Sheep need water. We see still waters, right? Still waters. And we see that sheep need rest and restoration. And we see both of those things. A few things I want to point out here. Sheep need food. The shepherd brings sheep to grassy places so they can graze. And sheep will just continue to eat whatever's there, even if the grass is gone. Did you know that? Like they won't think enough to go find other green pastures, so the shepherd has to lead them. And I love in, in the New Testament, I love how the Bible usually uh, just absolutely complements each other. In the New Testament, in Mark chapter 6, we see a story where Jesus feeds thousands of people. There's thousands of people there that are there to see Jesus. They're there to hear who Jesus is and what he's all about. And in Mark chapter 6, the disciples were like, hey, send them away so they can go eat. This place is a desert. They're going to die out here. And Jesus says, you feed them. And so they go and they find the bread and the fish. A lot of us know these stories. But what's amazing is sometimes we read over these little words and before Jesus multiplies the bread and multiplies the fish, you know what he has everybody do? Mark 6.39 says he, he makes them sit down in the green grass. Come on, right? Come on. There's thousands of people here. They're in the middle of a desert. And the disciples said, let them go away. Let them go find their own food. And yet here they are in the green grass. And Jesus is here to them. 
to give them sustenance, to give them what they need, not only physically, but also spiritually. Not only does God lead us to green pastures, but also still waters. Notice how it says still waters in Psalm 23, verse 2. Still waters. Someone told me uh, sheep won't, won't drink out of a rushing stream. It needs to be still. And so God provides it, leads his sheep to the water they absolutely need. And then rest and restoration come within those things. And here's the beauty of this, is that Jesus is all of this for us. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, he says to the crowd, he says to his disciples, he says, listen, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. It's through Christ in which he, that he provides everything we need physically and also spiritually. Our shepherd provides. But not only that, our shepherd protects. Our shepherd protects us. Psalm 23, verse 4. This is super popular. Even in, the, in our worldly sense, it's used in a lot of songs and movies. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In 1916, the Methodist denomination chose Psalm 23 and added it to their standard funeral message, passages, all because of this verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you've heard that before, I know you have. But what we have to understand is that that verse is not talking about death. That verse, that, that phrase, the valley of the shadow of death, can be translated, translated into the valley of the shadow of deep darkness. So you got to look at the context of the whole passage. David's talking about a shepherd leading sheep. And so if you look at where David was a shepherd at, and you look at the terrain, you go to Google Maps and you look it up in Google Earth, you can see them all. There are some deep, dark valleys in which David had to lead his sheep through in order to get to green pastures. These valleys in which the sheep would never make it through unless they had a shepherd following them. And David says those words. He says, even though I walk through these deep, dark valleys, I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry. Why? Because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember, David's envisioning a good shepherd who's going to protect his sheep at all costs. Go to the greatest of lengths for his sheep. He's remembering those times where he had to have his rod and his staff ready for thieves who wanted to steal some of his sheep. For animals who were going to kill them, he was ready to go to any length for his sheep. Listen, God protects us. And I love how it says, it doesn't say, if I walk through the valleys of deep darkness. He says, even though I go through them in life. Even though I absolutely will go through them, God doesn't take us around, right? He doesn't say, oh, God, thank you for taking me out of those deep valleys so that I never have to experience them. 
He says, no, even though I walk through them, you know what comforts me? The fact that you're going to protect me. The fact that you're going to see me through to green pastures. The fact that you're going to walk with me, next to me, holding me, helping me. You're going to get me through. I can have comfort. I can have confidence in you. Our shepherd protects us. You see, a lot of times we go through some deep, dark valleys, don't we? Some of you are going through a dark valley right now. And maybe you're asking why. That's a great question. And that's an okay question in our lives. And you may not get the answer, but here's an answer you will get. Is that your shepherd is there protecting you. Your shepherd is there to see you through. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret because he's going to see you through to green pastures, whenever that may be, as long as you follow him. You can try to go up those cliffs, but they're going to be pretty hard. You might as well follow the shepherd through this dark valley and trust him. And trust him. Our shepherd provides, our shepherd protects, but also our shepherd serves I'm just going to blow through these really fast. Psalm 23, 5 and 6, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David switches here from this idea of shepherd to the Lord as host. And we see it here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. Usually when people are at war, they're not taking time to eat. And yet here's God. Enemies are encamped around us. The enemy's trying to take us down. And here's God serving us so much that he's preparing a table for us to come to the table. And he's inviting us to that table. And not only that, but he's anointing us with oil. In other words, he's showing us honor. And he's saying, I value you as a person. I value you as an individual. And he makes our cup overflow. Overflow. He gives us more than what we can have. And then I love that phrase, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want you to think of like bodyguards, okay? You got goodness as one of your bodyguards. You have mercy as another one of your bodyguards. And because you follow Jesus, because you follow the shepherd, they're just going to follow you the rest of your life. All the way till we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our shepherd provides, our shepherd protects, and our shepherd serves us. So listen, as we navigate life, day by day, no matter where you're at in life, we must first recognize our status. So that we can rely on the provision, the protection, and the service of God. And if we don't recognize our status, you're never going to rely on God as your shepherd. It's not going to happen. You have to approach God with a sense of humility and say, you know what? I have tried to lead my own life. 
I have tried to be my own shepherd, and it hasn't gone well, because that's usually what happens to me. Those moments where I'm like, I got this. I can do it on my own. It doesn't lead to green pastures. It doesn't lead to still waters or rest or restoration. Where does it lead? It leads to problems. It leads to issues. We need to recognize so that we can rely. We need to recognize so that we can rely. And so when it comes to navigating life, please hear me today and see the beauty of Psalm 23 and understand that the Lord is our shepherd. He's your shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's an intimate shepherd we can have confidence in. And so if you're going through a rough patch today and you're going through a rough patch where it's just kind of rocky, know that the shepherd's there right next to you walking with you, leading you. Maybe in in life you're like, hey, my life's great. Maybe you're just grazing in the green pastures today. You're sitting next to those still waters. God is good. Life is good. Don't forget that the Lord is your shepherd. Don't take your shepherd for granted just because you don't need him per se in this moment. Make sure he's still your shepherd leading your life where you need to go. Maybe today, if you're going through a deep, dark valley, I pray, I pray for you. I pray that you would recite those words every morning when it's too hard to get up. That you would say, God, you are my shepherd. God, you are my shepherd. I need you today. I'm a little fearful. I'm a little down and out. Don't fear Because God is with you. Find comfort in the fact that he knows your circumstance. He knows where you are. And he wants to help you through it. If you're willing to follow him. And the last one is if you're wandering. Or maybe you've strayed. Or maybe you've never fully realized that you are or could be a part of God's flock. If you're out there Know that the shepherd is coming after you because he loves you and he will go to the greatest of lengths for you and he has through his son, Jesus. He's going to leave the 99 and he's going to go get that one sheep because that sheep matters. You matter to our shepherd. You matter so much. And this psalm is so important. There's so much wisdom within Psalm 23 to the, to the point where even Jesus himself uses this idea of shepherd. And I'm just going to leave us with this today. John 10, 10 and 11. There's, that, there's conversations going on in John 10 and, and there's people who are following the thief. They're following the enemy. And Jesus just looks at everybody and he starts using this analogy about a shepherd. And he says, the thief, the enemy, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Why would you follow him? Why would you allow him to lead you in your life? Jesus says, I came so that they, my sheep, may have life and have it abundantly. And then, this is one of my favorite lines in all of scripture. Jesus looks at us and he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus has gone to the greatest of lengths 
for you and for me. And so I pray that Psalm 23 and this idea as the Lord is our shepherd would be ingrained into the fabric of our lives, that it wouldn't be some hobby verse, but yet it would be a verse that we could just rely on no matter our circumstance in life. Let's pray. God, I can't believe that you would send your only son to be our good shepherd. To be the good shepherd who lays down his life for us, who who cares for us so much that he was willing to take our place. God, as sheep, we try to do it on our own. We try to live independent from you, our shepherd. God, I pray that you would just open our eyes and our minds And every day you would remind us that you are the one leading us. You are the one providing for us and protecting us through those deep, dark valleys and through those rough times of life. And that you serve us. You take the time to serve us in our lives. Lord, may we understand that you are leading us to good things. Even though we may not see it. Even though we may not know where the path ends. But God, give us trust and faith in you, knowing that you care for us enough to lead us where we need to go. We pray this in your name. Amen.